Hi everyone. I want to be straightforward with you here about the truth of truth. So the truth is that truth, the recognition of a oneness of consciousness that is expressing itself through your body does not mean that your personal life is going to improve that because you're seeking truth or you recognize truth does not mean that uh, you are spared for, uh, from human suffering. Does not mean that because so-called you're spiritual, you have been chosen for a better life or for a more comfortable life. This is all nonsense. On the contrary, the recognition of truth that life is just about consciousness expressing itself through you or through the tree or from the, through the mountain or the stars. This recognition, this impersonal recognition is a deep, deep realization, like a hammer to your head, that you are just like anybody else. You are not spared from anything. Life will express itself through you in any way it wishes and you have no control over it. So your life won't be better than the other person who doesn't seek truth, who has not realized truth. Your circumstances might be so-called better or might not. But what I'm trying to say here is that the, the so-called spiritual path does not make your life more comfortable or more uh, glamorous or, um, how would I say? Yeah, it, it just, you basically realize that you're just another human being on this planet going through whatever life will put you through. Just like the tree, just like the flower, just like the animals walking around. This is what the recognition of truth does. This is the truth of truth. And why do I say the truth of truth? Because many seekers like to tell themselves all kinds of stories. Yeah, that truth is graceful. That truth, um, if you recognize truth, then um, you won't suffer as much. Um, you're more fortunate because you're not like the other ignorant people walking on this planet and so forth. But this is not true. You can actually see reality as it is. When you realize truth, you can actually step out of your egoic role that thinks that he deserves a better life than others, that he's more fortunate, you, you step out of it and you allow yourself to see the truth that you're just another thing, just another thing out there in, in, in reality, in manifestation. That's all it is. But if you fall into a, a, a spiritual ego, egoic identification, then of course you can tell yourself all kinds of stories, yeah.
You can wear all kinds of holy clothes and think that you are more fortunate than others, that now life will treat you better, that now your suffering will be over. But this is not true. Just look at life around you and you'll see. I mean, I'm stating the obvious here. That's all. So how does truth liberate you? Truth liberates you because the personal you does not exist anymore. So there's no self-pity. There's no anxiety that this personal you usually feels, yeah? Nothing refers to you personally. There is so-called suffering, but it doesn't refer to you personally. They're just suffering. I like to call it pure suffering. But, yeah, there's nobody there that judges it, good or bad. It's just as is. You are just an expression of life. You are part of the totality of life. That's about it. This is truth. This is the truth about truth. Okay. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. I like to speak about something that is pretty tricky. Um, and it's about using words to describe consciousness and enlightenment. And... Um, yeah, words are very limited, but we need to use them to, to convey to people, to each other, that such a thing exists. But the words are very limited because they're so, so far away from pointing to the real thing, you know? And um, in a way that can be, using them could be counterproductive. So what's, what's the way around it, let's say? And the way I see it is, it's all about knowing how much, let's put it this way, how much to hear the words, yeah? How much you get absorbed by them and to start to create a, a mental image with them. So if we go to one satsang, read one book or two book or a couple of satsangs, we can use these, um, the words that we hear, the words that we read as pointers, right? Even though they don't point to that exact place. But it's better than nothing. We need to know that such a, a dimension exists. But then we got to let go. We got to move on. So in a way, you read one book, you heard one satsang, a couple satsangs, move on. Move on, and when I say move on, is move on to silence, move on to a space that is beyond words. Because the words, doesn't matter how mentally satisfying they are. And I know they are mentally satisfying. Even though we feel, yeah, it's also touching our heart and, and so forth, it's still mental. 
So no matter how satisfying they are and um, how exciting they are, we need to let go of them. We need to let go of the of the non-dual uh, chatter and move to silence. Because after all, also the most beautiful verbal satsang, yeah, or the book that we read, it's still noise compared to the real thing, to being absorbed in silence. So it's about letting all the mental noise behind and getting accustomed to silence. It's all about silence. So you know it all, yeah? You've heard it all, you know it all, but it won't get you there. What will get you closer and closer to who you truly are is silence. It's cultivating silence and simplicity and humility. And that's about it. And enlightenment or, no, or non-enlightenment, the, the um, sanity will, will manifest, manifest itself very quickly. If silence, humility, simplicity is your first priority. So words can just give the mind uh, more food to create more mental images. Yeah, a new, a new image of ourselves. But with silence, with simplicity, and I like to add sincerity, we cannot use it to glorify ourselves. We cannot use it to become someone. It drops us right to the center of our being. It takes us beyond the dimension of words. Words seem so noisy when we're there, no matter how beautiful they are. Yeah, because we're intoxicated with the simplicity of being. And from this space, we don't care where, where we go, if we get enlightened or not. It just feels perfect where we are. Just completely perfect. Being with ourselves in silence. Okay, so thank you for listening and Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. So the search for freedom or enlightenment can be a great escape from ourselves because it's so hard for us to accept our limitations as human beings because we're so far away from being perfect. And somewhere deep in our psyche, we like to be perfect. Because then we think we're gonna reach um, God or some kind of a completion or whatever you call it. And the human side of us can never become perfect. It's just the nature of reality, the nature of manifestation.
So what we do is we search for enlightenment. We, the body and the mind, searches for enlightenment. He wants to be some, something else. He wants to be enlightened. Whereas uh, enlightenment is basically when the search just stops. Yeah, when we, when we just decide to let go of everything. To stop searching, to stop trying to be some, someone we are not. When we're tired of, of all search, not even spiritual search, but all the searches that we made during our lives, could be a career or finding the right person. Yeah, we move from one search to the other. So when we stop all the searches and we just, we just get very tired and we have enough and we're willing to accept ourselves and reality the way it is. Yeah. Then grace can happen and a door can open and we can start to tap into true silence. But as long as we don't want to be ourselves and we want to be somebody else, this will never happen. Because we're going to get more and more entangled in our, in, in, in our thoughts. Because where does the search happen? In our mind. You know, we're going to identify with more desires and more hopes. And, and just leave ourselves behind. Forget about ourselves. Walk down the street and not even see what's around us not really feel our body and be so busy in our mind. No wonder it happened to a few people, more than a few, that uh, they woke up when they just gave up to the pain, to their psychological pain, suffering. They just surrendered to it because finally they were themselves with whatever it is. So the key is to accept your human fragility and, and just finally be who you are, just a human being. And then a door might open. Just be who you are. And not, no matter what pain you're going to meet or psychological suffering, there's going to be a tremendous joy there because you're not escaping yourself anymore. You're not searching anymore. Within the, the pain and the suffering, which is integral part of being human, a lot of beauty will start to blossom. Finally, you're allowing your true self to kind of, how will I say, kind of crawl in and show its face. You've never allowed it to be there because you're escaping yourself. You're escaping yourself and escaping God in search for enlightenment, in search for God. That's the thing. Just be yourself. I've never searched for anything, but I realize that, there, that there's a lot of, there's a tremendous sense of sanity if I'm just completely myself, completely authentic. And then things start to happen. But I couldn't care less if 
something happens or not. I didn't even know that freedom exists. But there was a lot of okayness and a sense of ease. And it was very peaceful to, to stop searching. So if I summarize all the so-called non-dual teaching, all the non-dual guidance, I can summarize it to a few words where most accurately it is, it is to stop searching. Just stop searching. Just stop, 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 stop. Enough. Give yourself a break. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Hi everyone, today I'd like to speak about drugs and um, share with you my personal understanding about uh, the use of drugs in, in the so-called spiritual search and uh, if I see them as a hindrance or as a catalyst for spiritual awakening and of course what I'm going to share with you comes from a personal uh, experience as a as a spiritual teacher and many years of being a seeker and seeing other people around me and how drugs have affected them. So, yeah, of course, I, I, I tried all kinds of drugs, psychedelic drugs or uh, ayahuasca, or mushrooms, LSD, MDMA, marijuana. I tried all these and a certain, during a certain time of my life, I was never really into uh, drugs. I was always into eating healthy and doing sports. But then when I started to do therapy and um, meditation, I wanted to explore drugs. I wanted to see if there's something about them that can help me. And... Um, yeah, I realized that it was just another experience. It was just another experience like any other experiences that happened in, in my daily living. It was just another experience on the periphery, in the senses, with the, in the visuals. But it didn't connect me to the experiencer. So it didn't really matter if I was riding my bike or sitting on the bus or doing drugs. It was just another experience. Of course, with the drugs, it was at that time more exciting experience. Yeah, because it really fires up your senses and your visual. And it takes you kind of away from the daily status, status quo, what you're used to. But still, it's an experience. And I, and I realized at that time how noisy it was compared to the silence and the peacefulness that I, I could connect to just by being sitting quietly in nature. So after um, a certain point of time, I just, um, I just dropped it. I didn't use drugs anymore. I realized that it, it could, didn't take me anywhere I wanted. And also when it came to, I came to therapy, I was thinking that with LSD, I could discover things about myself. 
But then even if there was some kind of an insight, it happened so quickly, I couldn't, I could feel that I cannot really work with it. And, and I, I was much more clear and sharp sitting in front of the therapist in silence and having the therapist mirroring my shadows or my reactions and so forth. So drugs, basically, if they did help, if they helped me in my spiritual search, they just showed me how fragile the mind is, how noisy it can be, as opposed to, to being silent, being the silent observer. And the more silent you are, the more peaceful you are, the less you want your senses to be, uh, you know, um, excited. And because it's the silence and the peacefulness is just, um, let's say it's um, so soothing, so so it's so enjoyable that you don't you just don't want to leave that place. You know, just. It's like being um, a lake without any movement. Imagine the, the so-called the surface of a lake, all silently, just there still. And when you realize that your most intimate core is, is this way, you just want to rest there the whole time. And looking at um, people around me who were using drugs, you know, even when they did therapy, they were still, and they, you, you, they combined it with the use of drugs. It, it didn't take, I cannot say that um, it took them anywhere to a better place. On the other hand, many times the use of drugs was a, an escape from from the therapy that they were doing, from, from meeting themselves. And they were um, kind of, yeah, fooling themselves that this, uh, this high they were going into, yeah, was um, taking them closer to God. But uh, God is not in the high. God is, is the observer, the silent observer. So yeah, this is my take about drugs. And um, especially after waking up, I realized that, I mean, it came naturally, but there was no interest at all of using any substances at all. It never crossed my mind even. Because there was no need to break free from the contraction that the mind creates when, we're, when we are identified with it. When you're completely open, an open space, eternal open space, there's no, no need to escape yourself. So I understand people that drink alcohol, take drugs because they, they need a break. They, they, 
because being identified with the mind is so is, is so constraining. But this is the wrong way to go. It, it, it gives you a an escape from your misery. You don't want to escape your misery. You want to use it as a leverage to know who you are beyond that. So it's not suppressing and not escaping. Not suppressing meaning not saying, oh, everything is good, or, or suppressing with food or buying things or whatever, or escaping, or it could be also escaping, or escaping with drugs. Yeah, not suppressing or escaping, but allowing everything to be and cultivating the watcher. Uh, so the spaciousness, the true spaciousness is releasing yourself from the contract, egoic contraction, which is an illusion, of course, but there's nothing like suffering that gives you this amazing leverage to realize who you are the beyond the mind. So suffering is grace. Suffering is something we should use, acknowledge and use for our awakening to who we truly are. And drugs just make it too easy. They give us a momentary relief. I remember I used to go into uh, to these um, trans parties in Goa in the 90s. And yeah, of course, they're exciting and it was a good time. But in all that beauty, I was looking around, I was saying to myself, this is the devil in disguise. And why, why is the devil? Because it's the devil because it's taking you know, people away from themselves. Yeah, it's high and it's fun, but it's taking people away, more and more away from themselves. more and more and more away from truth, from who they truly are. Okay, so take care. Bye-bye.